Because in the previous Mishnah we discussed who needs to separate tithes from olive trees and from olives themselves, our Mishnah is now going to relate another halacha to do with olives. Now we know that something can only become tome if it has become wet since it was detached from the ground. And this is true only if it becomes wet via one of seven liquids. Now one of those seven liquids is oil. Now although there is liquid which oozes out of olives from an early stage already, that is not considered oil until the olives are put into some sort of vat where they are softened and from that point onwards whatever liquid comes out of the olives is considered oil, which pretty much means that as soon as olives have been in the vat, they're automatically in contact with olive oil, which means that they can become tome as soon as they've been in the vat. And because of that, one cannot sell his olives except to a chover. A chover, as we saw in the second parak of Demai, is somebody who is particular and reliable with regards to the halachas of purity and impurity. And by Shammai say that one is not allowed to sell olives to an unchover because it's extremely likely that they're going to become they're going to become tome that way because a non-chover is assumed to be tome. And if he just touches the olives after they've been put into the vat, they will become tome and he'll end up eating tome food. However, you can even sell them to somebody who is particular about maestras. So Basil will agree that somebody who doesn't tithe their produce, you cannot sell tevel produce to them. Obviously, we've seen that a number of times already. The one is not allowed to sell tevel to an Amharetz. But according to Basil, he does not, the buyer does not have to be a chover, somebody who is particular about Tuma and Tahara. And the reason for Basilel is because even though it's very likely that the buyer will make it Tome if he's not a Chaver, nevertheless it's still possible that he won't, because he could eat the olives before they've been put into the vat. And even though that was quite uncommon, because they were much better quality after being put into the vat, nevertheless, because it was a possibility, one is allowed to sell it to a non-chover, as long as it's before that stage that it has been put into the vat. Because you're not directly causing it to become Tome, and it's possible that it won't even become Tome. Nevertheless, notes the Mishnah, it's Snur Hillel. The modest, the pious ones of Bishilel, Hoinagim Kivishamai, would behave like the words of Bishamai, meaning they would actually follow Bishamai's opinion here, and they would only sell olives to a chaver. Nevertheless, Bishilel still say that according to the strict letter of the law, one does not have to sell it to a chaver. Mishnah Zion, we now return to the subject of not causing others to eat produce which hasn't been tithed. And there's an important principle which is known as Bereira. There's an argument as to whether we apply this principle, whether this principle exists, and the principle of Breira dictates that retroactively we view something as applicable to a particular person or, or a particular thing. Meaning even though originally something wasn't applicable to a particular person or a particular thing, however when it later becomes applicable to him specifically, we view it retroactively as if it was always like that. As if this thing was always applicable to that particular person or thing. Now the context which Breira is most often used is with regards to property. And a particular application of Breira is where two people who own something jointly, so two people are partners in a particular possession, and later on they split it. And one partner takes half of it, the other top partner takes half of it. So if you hold of the principle of Breira, then that would say that since now this partner is receiving this half, we view it retroactively as if that half always belonged to that partner. However, if you say that you don't hold of the principle of Breira, then the way that they split the property is not saying that it was always like this. Rather, before they split it, every single part of that possession was half this partner's and half the other partner's. 
So when you split it and one partner takes in an entire half and the other partner takes another half, so whatever partner A takes, partner B owns half of that. So when they split it, partner B is giving his half to partner A and partner A is giving his half to partner B. But it is not retroactive, meaning we do not view it as if this part was always owned by that partner, even when they jointly owned it. Now, our mission is of the opinion that ain Brera, we don't hold of Brera, which means that when they split the possession, each partner gives the other partner half, his half in the part which the other partner is receiving. Now, if that's the case, then this is similar to a sale. It means that partner A is giving over something to partner B, which means that we're going to run into the problem of causing somebody else to eat untithed produce. Because if the possession under discussion is produce, as we will see, then you need to make sure that you're not responsible for somebody else eating untithed produce. So the mission tells us, If two people harvest their vineyards into one wine vat, so we're talking about two people who jointly own two vineyards or a number of vineyards, and they bring in all their grapes, making them into wine, and they mix all of it into one wine press. And then once the wine is fully processed, then partner A will take half of the wine, and partner B will take the other half of the wine, but in our case, Echad Ma'aser, one of them, let's call him partner A, does separate tithes. He's not an Amha'aretz. The Echad She'ed Ma'aser. But there's another one, partner B, who does not separate the tithes. He's an Amha'aretz. So what does partner A need to do to make sure that he's not causing partner B to eat untithed produce? So Ha'ma'aser, the one who does separate tithes, i.e. partner A, firstly, Ma'aser Shaloi, he has to separate tithes from his half, obviously, so that he's not eating untithed produce himself. So that's already half of the produce which he has to separate tithes for. And now, what about the other half? So the other half, which partner B is receiving, half of that half already belonged to partner B from the beginning, but half belonged to partner A. Why? Because our, our Mishnah holds that Embraera, we don't say this principle of Breira, which means that before they split the wine, every single unit of the wine was split halfway. So the half with part which partner B is receiving was up until this point only half owned by partner B, but a half owned by partner A. And now what partner A is doing is he is giving his half to partner B. And that's all that he needs to be concerned for. Half of partner B's half, which is a quarter. So as well as tithing his half, partner A's own half, to ensure that he doesn't eat untithed produce, he also needs to tithe his portion, meaning what originally belonged to him in whatever place that it is, meaning he has to separate a quarter, which is half of partner B's produce, which means that altogether partner A is, is tithing three quarters of the produce, three quarters of the wine. Now you should just note that the half which he's tithing for himself, which he is keeping, so that is Tevel. He knows he hasn't separated tithes, and he's separating the tithes now for himself. But the half which he, the half of the half, the quarter which he is tithing for partner B, he's only tithing that as Demai, because perhaps partner B will tithe his entire half by himself. So when this person, when partner A is tithing half of partner B's part, he is only doing so as Demai. Mishnah Ches, the reason why the previous Mishnah did not apply the rule of Breira is because not only did they originally own the field together, but they even completed the entire harvesting process together. And because they remained partners while they were harvesting it, and didn't divide the produce earlier, we view them as together. And therefore we don't say, oh, originally we view them as separate as well, because since they continued their partnership throughout the entire harvesting process, we say that they are only considered separate and divided and not as partners for when they actually split the wine. However, in the following couple of cases, we're going to see scenarios where the two partners did nothing to show that they want to remain partners. 
And because of that, we will apply the rule of Breira, where we view it as if they were always separate. Says the Mishnah, Two people who accepted a field under the arrangement of Arisus, which is where the workers or the renters of the field give a percentage of the crop to the owner of the field. But these two people accepted this job upon themselves together, so they are partners in the percentage which they receive themselves. Oisha Yarshu, or if two people inherited a field, so they are partners in the field. Oisha Nishtatfu, or if two people became partners in a field, they bought a field in partnership, and then in any of these three cases, they decided to split the field. And they decided to split it before they harvested the field. And because of that, we are going to apply the rule of Breira, where we view it as if they were always separate and not partners, and therefore, Yochel Hulaymar, partner A, who is particular about the tithes, is able to say to partner B, who is not particular about the tithes, You take the wheat which is in a particular part of the field, and I'll take the wheat which is in another position of the field. Or if it's a vineyard, he would say, You take the wine, or really the grapes, which is in the particular part of the field, and I'll take wine in another part of the field. And partner A does not need to tithe any of partner B's part of the field, because we view it as if it always belonged to partner B. So it's not as if partner A is giving it to partner B now, it was always partner B's, because of the rule of Breira. However, even in this scenario, says the Mishnah, but partner A cannot say to partner B, you take all of the wheat of the field, and I'll take all of the barley of the field. Or you take all of the wine, all of the grapes of the field, and I'll take all of the oil, all of the olives of the field. Over here, Breira won't help, because Breira says that half of the species always belong to partner A, and the other half always belong to partner B. But not that an entire species belonged to partner A, because they were partners in the wheat, independently from the barley. We don't view it as if they were partners in the entire field, rather they were partners in the wheat, partners in the barley, partners in the wine, partners in the oil. And therefore whether you apply the rule of Breira or not, half of the wheat belongs to the partner A, and half of the wheat belongs to partner B. The only question is, if we view it as that entire part which partner A receives was always his half, or whether you view it as the half which partner A receives is only half his, and his other half is in the half of partner B. But either way, each partner owns half of each species, and therefore for one of them to take all the wheat, one of them to take all of the barley, that would be an exchange, that would be partner A giving partner B his half in the wheat produce, and therefore he cannot do that, and if he does, then he would have to tithe it before doing so. Mishnah Tess, we're now going to have a similar example, where again we do apply the rule of Breira, because the partners didn't do anything to show that they want to keep the partnership. A chover and an amharetz, a chover, remember, is somebody who is particular not only with the tithes, but he's also particular with tumah and tahara, purity and impurity. And he's the brother of an amharetz, who isn't particular about either of those things, and these two brothers inherit their father, who himself was an amharetz. So we assume that all of that produce which they inherit is demai, and is tomei because an Amharat's produce is also considered Tomei. So the mission tells us, because we apply the rule of Breira, Yochal Hulay Maloi, the Chover is able to say to the Amharat's, his brother, You take the wheat which is over there, I'll take the other wheat which is over there, you take the wine which is in that place, and I'll take the wine which is in that place. Because again, we view it as if it was always like that. It was always that the Chover inherited that half of the wheat, and Amharetz inherited the other half. But the Chover cannot say to the Amharetz, You take wheat and I'll take the barley. Because they're partners in the wheat independently of the barley. So each partner owns half of the wheat. So if he gives the entire wheat 
to his brother the Amharetz, then that means that he is giving it to him. So he would need to tithe it if, if he were to do that. Otherwise, he's telling Demai to an Amharetz, which is forbidden. Because the Amoritz is assumed that he will not tithe the Demai. And as well as this, the Chorek can also not say to the Amoritz, You take the wet produce, and this refers to produce, which is not necessarily wet right now, but since it was detached from the ground, it became wet. Which means that if something Tomei touches it, it will become Tomei. And I will take the dry produce, which refers to that which has not become wet since it was detached from the ground, which means that it cannot become Tomei. And Chover is trying to get the Amoritz to take that which has become wet, because since it was able to become Tomei, we assume that it is already Tomei, because their father was an Amoritz, who himself was Tomei, so as soon as he would touch these things, they would also become Tomei. However, once again, the Chover cannot do this, because even though over here they are not two species, because they are clearly distinct, it is still viewed as if the Chover is giving it over to the Amoritz, which would mean causing the Amoritz to have and eat Tomei food, and untithed food, more to the point, and that, of course, is forbidden.